0: What's going on, everybody? It's Trey McClellan back with another episode of the Generators Podcast. Um what's going on? I hope you're well. I'm recording this on uh on the Wednesday, uh, mi- uh midweek here, kind of the hump day, if you will, of the week. And uh I'm still here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, Earth. How come we don't have that uh addresses we do city province sometimes country let's go planet since trump's going to mars maybe that's a new thing you'll have to put on postage you know i got all these other things but what planet oh sorry earth yeah it'll be staying on earth oh thank you thank you so much um i'm doing good man i'm in a good space good energy feeling good I think a large part of that has got to do with the fact that uh, I was able to get back on the comedy stage this past weekend at the Laugh Shop, and uh, I tell you, you you know, when this whole COVID thing first hit us and uh, everything shuts down and your career, as you guys may or may not know, I had to... Stop my tour, like four shows in, and I had a uh, twenty odd shows lined up, and then four shows in, I gotta shut it all down. You know when you're sitting there with all the closures and thinking, okay, will live entertainment ever be a thing again? I especially felt that way in the opening weeks and months of uh, of the shutdown, like, will my profession cease to exist as a result of this uh, of this virus? And so when the last shop contacted me and said, hey, we're good to go. We got the green light from Alberta Health Services. We're going to be opening, you know, and uh, do you want to do our first weekend? I, The amount of gratitude I felt towards um, Matt Wall, the, the manager there in Booker, um, and just the overall gratefulness of being able to go back on stage and do this again, you know, when I thought maybe at times that, Maybe I'll never do it. Maybe that last time I walked off the stage in, you know, Labrador City, maybe that's the last time I'll ever perform stand-up comedy in front of a real live audience. That's where your head goes as a comedian. And I know it's been the same way for a lot of comedians out there. So to get that opportunity to go back on stage and do what I love and feel that energy from an audience and to hear people laughing and connecting in that moment, And uh, to feel the relief, you you know, the first show on a Thursday was, you know, was uphill, to be honest, because it was like I had not been on stage in four months. So I'm trying to find my way through the material. The audience, I think, is also a little bit nervous because they're like, should we be here? Should we not be here? Like there's a feeling out process. And I was hyper nervous before showtime because I'm like, man, I, I haven't done this in in almost half a year. Like it's the longest break I've ever had since I've done stand up comedy. So you know, nervous and unsure and, uh, feeling kind of uncomfortable to a certain degree and, uh, got through the Thursday. I mean, it, it went relatively well and people laughed and had a good time, but then Friday I felt like I was back in the pocket. The audience felt more relaxed and they had great energy and were super sharp and just, it's like you never left. It felt like, oh yeah, this is what I do. This is what the audience does. We're all in this together, and you can kind of feel the relief in the room, uh, even from the audience, that they're like, "Yeah, man, we also want to get out. We also want to laugh again and have a good time and kind of forget, you know, the troubles of the world for an hour, hour and a half." And uh, oh, it was just so good. I felt. I said to one of the comedians, and that's the other thing too, just being around comedians again and talking shit and. You know telling stories and stuff like that. that sense of connection too is something that you really miss and when you're in the comedy fraternity, you know it's kind of it's it's that connection and bond that you have with each other because you've been through the wars and battles together and been on stage and had terrible gigs, many of which you've heard on this podcast uh, from numerous guests um and the great moments and just as little small minute details that only a comedian would understand from another comedian. So being able to connect on that level with people, you know, like, um, Pete Zedlek and Jeremy Furlong and Dave Nystrom and, um, you know, Darren Morrison, um, Matt Foster was also doing a guest spot. So like, just, just having that camaraderie again too, you realize how much you miss it. Um, once, you know, once it's taken away from you and then when you get a chance to do it again, you don't take it for granted. So, um, yeah, just so grateful to get back on, on that stage and and get back into doing what I do. You know, I felt felt so good afterwards. I felt, you know, um, like a part of me was kind of reawakened in some way, shape, or form. So, man, you know, I hope all the other comedy clubs can get themselves back up and that they survive this phase, first of all. And secondly, they can open up in a safe fashion and, and do what it is they do. And uh, I think bring much-needed laughter and comedy back to the world. Cause it's a lot of people are struggling right now and having a rough time. And I think, you know, laughing with strangers and, and, uh, in a safe way and, and, uh, and feeling that sense of connectedness is really, really important for people. So, um, uh, yeah, it's my profession and I'm going to defend it, um, all day, but I really do believe in the mental health benefits of, of comedy and laughter and, uh, as I said, feeling feeling connected to, to the rest of the people that are in that room and feeling like, hey, we, we are all laughing at this because we all get it. We're all on the same page in that moment. And in, in a time where the world seems so divisive and people arguing about, you know, a thousand different matters, it is nice to feel like you're all on the same team for an hour and a half, you know? And I think a good stand-up comedy show does that. So... um really grateful to, to get back at it. And again, thanks to Matt wall and all the staff at the the Laugh shop for all the, the work they did to kind of make that place safe to perform in and, and safe for people to watch shows and, uh, and all the comics that pop by that I mentioned. I mean, it's just great to reconnect with everybody. So, so I think that's a large part of why I feel so energetic and back to my, my old self. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, if it feels really good. I've been kind of exercising and getting lots of water, getting tons of sleep, meditating, you know, just back in the old routine of taking care of me. So um, I want to keep it going here. Um, all right, let's set up this week's episode. This uh, this is a really good one. This is a deep, deep chat about life and career and entertainment. And... Um, it's with Quinn Teachma. She's uh, the star of a movie called February's Dog, which is a film that focuses on uh, mental health and the connection to you know uh, unemployment and, and losing your job and how one navigates that and how one's partner tries to help someone navigate that. And uh, I'm all about mental health right now. Like I think it's something we don't talk enough about, something we're not vulnerable enough about uh, when we're struggling or having a hard time. And um, I think anytime you can, you can help promote something, um, whether it's a podcast, a conversation, a film, a song, or whatever, I think you need to use that vehicle to put that message out in the world. And so I was happy to uh, have Quinn on and talk about the film and, and um, you know, what the message of the movie is and, and kind of her role within it. And, uh, and then we dig deep into her life, you know, how she grew up. Um, you know, she's wearing so many hats. She's got a photography business. Um, she's, she's done a bunch of different things on top of like, you know, crushing it in this movie and kind of now, um, also doing a podcast, uh, in connection with the movie as well to discuss mental health. And, and I've been a, a guest on her podcast. So it was great to kind of have her on mine and, and get to know her a little bit better. And, uh, again, as with all these podcasts, you know, you learn so much from other people and their journey and how they kind of approach life and how they frame it. And, uh, I've always been a big believer that, you can learn lessons from other people's life. You don't have to make the mistakes or make the choice yourself. You can learn from other people's choices and uh, from their journey. So um, I've always felt that with anyone's, with anyone's story when they share it with you. So um, she was a great guest, we had a fantastic chat. And as I said, it's a deep one and uh, you're gonna hear it right now. So uh, enjoy this talk with uh, Quinn Teachman. Enjoy the view. Yeah. It's it beautiful here. I like it at nighttime too, cause it's like the when the bridge lights up, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. it looks like a spaceship, but it's you can get on it and take off to another planet, perhaps. I, I need point. to
1: take some pictures on that bridge.
0: Yeah, the bridge is amazing. I mean I've walked by it a bunch of times, but I never really I don't know, you don't look at it as much, you know, when you don't live in the area and now I'm like, that's awesome. Like that's it was expensive bridge, but it's it's really really <laughs> nice. It's really nice. How was your weekend? What did you do? What was uh, you're getting ready to go on a trip apparently.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, heading out of town, and that'll be fun. It's just kind of dotting all my I's and crossing my T's, figuring everything out before I go. That's always the Stress. rush. <laughs> yes.
0: Are you, are you at the point, too? I was talking to a friend today where it's like, because we've been in lockdown for such a long time, it's just like, the idea of going anywhere feels amazing. Like, just mm-hmm. to leave wherever you currently are, it wouldn't matter if you drove an hour or if you went, like, on a plane somewhere. It's just, I just need something different than what I'm looking at. Is that where you are?
1: I mean, at this point, I'm happy if I put pants on and leave my house. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's a big day.
1: Like, oh, I brushed my hair today? Great. Look at
0: me accomplishing things. That's a shower. I got clothes on. I'm, like, crushing it right now. Like, yeah, uh, I've had Winner. that day, too. And I've also done it where I've extended whatever that thing is, like, eating or a shower. I move it to later in the day because I'm like, well, then I still have that to look forward to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, i get the shower at four. And then it's like, yeah, I'll shower and shave and stuff. And then I thought, you know, that'll take an hour and then yeah. you know then it's the rest of the day but i mean if i push it till four you know i've got that always on the horizon to kind of get to so it's it's a good thing i don't think it's a good thing in all
1: <laughs> it's been interesting just like finding a new routine and getting used to it i mean nobody likes change so <laughs> right <laughs> that's been interesting i've been uh trying to stay active too while staying in my house which is a bit tough but i do yeah. have dog, so there you go getting out with the dog helps
0: that does do it for sure whoops um the other thing, too, I found in talking to my friends is that everybody's at a different stage with this thing. Like, there are some people who are like, yeah, man, I'm living life like I normally would with a little more hand washing. Other people still have, like, high levels of anxiety and are very reluctant to go anywhere. And it's where are you right now with it all? Are you kind of... Um, I'd
1: say I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. I'm, pr- I'm pretty, like, relaxed. I'm not really a worrier. Right. I'm more of a... Well, everything will just work out, Yeah. person. I I kind of am at the point where I'm like, this world has way too much planned for me to <laughs> die of COVID. So. Right.
0: <laughs> you're like, this is not the way it was supposed to go. Yeah, so no. <laughs> I'll figure it out. Yeah. I've just decided that. Yeah. So. <laughs> I can't but be- yeah, you're right. I'm the same way. I'm pretty laid back and figure out that I'll you know, you just find a way through it. You that's just the way I live life in general, for better or for worse. But I would really feel bad for people who have high, high anxiety and are, are like, mm-hmm. they're just wired that way anyway. And then you throw this on top of that. And I can't imagine what that's like to get up every day with your mind, just thinking the worst at all possible times.
1: Yeah. And I know like a lot of people are struggling with anxiety, depression, uh, a lot of things like that. That's kind of like why I started my uh, podcast show. And I think just connecting with people helps. But it's tough. I I, Like, I live alone. So it's lonely living alone. When you go into quarantine, you realize, like, whoa, I'm alone.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I know. It's just like a bunch of nothingness and how much TV do I watch? Am I watching too much TV? And then overthinking, too, is a real... Like, when you're alone, left with your own thoughts, it's like, okay, I do need to get out of the house. I need to go or talk to somebody. But if you get in that spiral of... You start watching the news, and you combine that with your the anxiety you have going on. It's like, yeah, you can create a pretty bad stew for yourself.
1: Yeah, there's definitely been quite a number of days that it was just a lay on the floor and cry day.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I think it hits people at different times. Like I yeah. think there's been people who are like, they were good. It's almost like um, when somebody dies, like people mourn in different ways. And I feel mm-hmm. like this has been too, because we've actually, something has died. Our old way of living has died, yeah. and so people are mourning in different ways. Some people just like, oh, it is what it is, and then literally week six, it mm-hmm. hits them like, whoa, like everything I knew is different, and what's this new world going to be like? Other people were, right away, were very anxious, and then they kind of grew in strength as it went on. So I think it depends on your on your makeup, like where your mind is and, and how you deal with it, you know what I mean?
1: Definitely, and just getting into that new routine and figuring it out, like – I also feel like the world's never going to go back to exactly how it was. It's changed forever. It's going to be interesting to see the changes over the next few months and how things like which things go back to normal and which don't.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. And it's like I think the ultimate thing is having the confidence that whatever comes, like whatever the new way of doing things shapes up to be, that you feel like you'll find your way in it. But I think the darkness comes when people don't see themselves in the new way of doing things. Like, you know, you feel bad for people who are losing, losing businesses. Like if you have a restaurant and you're like, yeah, we can't make a go of it. Yeah, that dream is gone. But can you reinvent yourself and have another restaurant where, you know, with a different business model mm-hmm. and things can work out. But, you know, everything was just trucking along normal for most people. And all suddenly it's just like, boom, you're off the road, you know. Yeah. So there's no, there no time to prepare for that or.
1: No, no time to prepare. And I think like people struggle in general, I think, with like keeping a positive outlook on life yeah. and telling themselves a positive narrative about their own life. I mean, realistically, you're the main character of your life and mm-hmm. you need to keep telling yourself and reminding yourself about that. And be like, okay, can I be the star of my own life here? Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and once you start looking at it that way, I think good things will come to you because you're putting good out there and you're saying, like, no, it's fine. It'll all work out. Everything will happen. It'll all be fun. And when you say that to yourself, you start believing it. Yeah. And belief is everything.
0: Oh, there's no doubt about it. And then you're actually looking for that stuff every day as opposed mm-hmm. to looking for the opposite and looking for the negative. Um, it was funny. I was talking to someone too, and they said, uh, someone had asked the question, like, is now a good time to visit mindfulness or meditation and the person answered like yeah of course it's always a great time to do it but the beauty of it is it's it's almost like you should have already been doing it to prepare for stuff like this do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i've been like meditating and just focusing on mindfulness for a bunch of years now and i'm like i am grateful that i had been doing it prior because they compared it to like it's like, I want to start running in a marathon. You're like, you just don't get in a marathon. <laughs> it's like you yeah, you got to like,
1: work your way up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you
0: got to train and you got to whatever. But they're like, no, I'm going to start a marathon tomorrow. I'm going in the race. It's like, all great. Love your ambition. But it's – so I feel like the marathon's arrived and I feel like I've done a bunch of training prior to it. Not that you don't have days where you're like, oh, it's a bit of a struggle. But I'm mm. like, where would I be if I didn't have it? Where Where would yeah. I be right now mentally if I hadn't done all that stuff before?
1: That's so true. I mean – starting anything new can be really difficult too and i feel like people often get discouraged really easily when they're starting something new because it's like oh i'm not succeeding right away i'm not i'm no good at meditating or you know and then they get into those negative thought patterns and then they get discouraged and they stop believing in themselves and then they just stop doing it
0: yeah well that's funny too like the concept because i used to do this too like judge my meditation practice and it was like that's the (laughs) very opposite I don't remember like sitting there like just trying to of a thought book and I go look why I I am an idiot What? A, why am I thinking about chicken right now like whatever it was I was thinking about <laughs> what I'm doing for supper you know while I'm meditating and then you're like you learn to like yeah no that's normal you're gonna have thoughts come in there it's totally yeah. fine but I was like no there's supposed to be no thoughts in there like almost like an athlete's <laughs> approach to it. It
1: competitive like... meditation and, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and I would
0: finish and go like that wasn't a good one I didn't I, I, I am not relaxed at all like I'm like I don't know if this is working like totally yeah, having up the
1: opposite effect yeah
0: like trent uh there's no you don't get a medal right like there's no like check in the mail if you had a good meditation session but i was like no i can be better this is this is a week now i've been doing this and i should have this mastered so it's like just being like just being open and having some compassion for yourself to be like yeah there's gonna be days where you're like totally in the zone and other days where like yeah you got a lot more going on there's more you know, thoughts going on and a lot more mental activity going on, but I had to learn <laughs> to just pull back and be like, uh, I don't need to be doing this.
1: Yeah. I mean, you have to be your own cheerleader because yeah. nobody else is going to be honestly <laughs> no. <laughs> like nobody else is going to sit there and be like, you can do it. You can meditate. Doing great. Just
0: cheerleaders <laughs> just cheering you on. M. E. it's like, can you, I'm trying to meditate do You what? Know, the cheering Hello. is not helping. I don't need extra oh, I lost where I was. I got to start again. Uh, <laughs> So, were you born in British Columbia? Yeah, yeah, I
1: was. So, I was actually born just off the coast of Vancouver Island okay. on a really tiny little island called okay. Luskiti Island. Yep. It's like 14 miles long. It's Itty-bitty, like 300 people on it. So, okay. Wow. <laughs> but I generally just say, yeah, Vancouver Island. Yeah. It, a little easier. easier. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> Skip the descriptions. I'll just say, yeah, Vancouver Island, don't worry about it.
1: Yeah, and some people don't even know Vancouver Island. Yeah, so it's true. Like, hmm. <laughs> it's like,
0: well, I'm we're, we're not going to tell you the real place then, because you're never going to figure it out.
1: Exactly. So what
0: So what was, like, growing up, like 300 people, what was that like? What was that experience like?
1: Um, A lot of just playing in the woods and, <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> swimming in the ocean. <laughs> no TV.
0: Sounds nothing. awesome. Like, that sounds awesome.
1: It actually was. It really was. I think that I got a very unique childhood, and I think it was a really exciting way to grow up, and I learned a lot of like life skills, and I don't know. It was just interesting.
0: Right. Three, the other thing, too, is like I've had a lot of messages over the last little while from old friends of mine, and they're mm-hmm. talking about childhood and reminiscing a lot about it. And I just remember, like, you think about it, the innocence and how simple life was, like you. But part of the problem is you, I, you know, as a kid. Anyway, I wasn't worried about what was going to happen tomorrow or next week mm-hmm. or what I was going to be in my life. You're like, I'm riding my bike as fast as I can. That's yeah. all. Like you're in the moment <laughs> at all times. And I'm like, I think a lot of us need to get back to that little bit of that childhood mentality of mm-hmm. like, kids aren't worried about next year and next fall and what's going to happen in December. You know. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of childhood.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been trying really hard, especially in the last year, to just, again, embrace that, you know what, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. It's all going to be fine. It's all going to work. Like, I'm destined for greatness or, yeah, you know, yeah. like, shoot big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why
0: not? Why not? Um, so you grow up in this tiny island, 300 people, and how long – What like, walk me through, like, childhood. Like, what what was it like, though? Like, what was – those first bunch of years of your life. Give me the first give me the first 15 years of your life.
1: Yeah, for sure. Okay. By so- the
0: day. I mean every you <laughs> We're going to be here for a while. For 15 years. This is going to be a 47 part episode and uh, we'll only be at year 6. So, you know, it's going to take a while. I'm not going anywhere tomorrow. <laughs> So full series. So yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I grew up on Mosquito Island. It was pretty wild. It's kind of just like a hippie island. To okay. To be honest. Yeah. If you ask my dad what he does, he says he's a retired hippie. So, <laughs> okay. I mean, I should give you. I picture. <laughs> a full answer, I can, right i can there. picture this guy. I know.
0: I know what he looks yeah, like. yeah, I
1: I loved it. Um, didn't really have uh, a lot of technology on the island. Um, we didn't even really have indoor plumbing. Yeah. Uh, for a while, our sink was just a hose coming through the window. <laughs> nice. I love so, it. So yeah, I mean, we we updated. We have it. We have a sink now. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it was really fun growing up there. And then I, when I was about six, I have two older sisters. They're nine and eleven years older than myself. The first one went over to school because the school only went up to grade nine, Okay. or maybe even grade eight, actually. Uh, and then my other sister, two years later, had to go over to high school as well. So we were kind of like, okay, now there's two of them going over. We should probably make the move. Yep. Um, so around that time, I was just going into kindergarten. So we got a place on the mainland, on Vancouver Island, but we would always go back on the weekends. So we were just back and forth. So during the week, we'd be on Vancouver Island, weekend and summers, entire summers, we would live on Laskiti Island. Uh, And it was really weird kind of going back and forth, but it was nice because I feel like I got, okay, like, I have friends now. There's people. <laughs> right. Like, I don't live network. in a forest anymore. <laughs> <In> a forest. <laughs> like, yeah, it was like a forest child. I don't even know. <laughs> totally ridiculous. But yeah, uh, Vancouver Island's beautiful. Yeah, it is stunning. It's oh stunning. my goodness. And I live in Qualcomm Beach. So, yeah. my retirement home town. It was just gorgeous. Love growing up there. Uh, when I was 15, I actually moved to Kelowna with my mom. Right. And Kelowna was also beautiful. I feel like I got to live all of the best places. Yeah, you,
0: these are you're rocking some pretty sweet locations right I know.
1: now. So yeah, Kelowna was really nice as well. And then I graduated there. Um, that's going past 15 years though. Oh, okay, well <laughs> we can't talk. We've got to start
0: that. over because you've gone over the years. Let's start again. <laughs> this time, tight to 15. I just <laughs> took it right to right to December 31st of that year. Um, it's amazing because you like I grew up in Cornerbrook, Newfoundland, which is about. At the time it was 30,000 people mm-hmm. and like my grandparents raised me. And so, but I look back at my childhood and I realize a lot of what I went through as a kid, uh, shaped who I became as an adult. Like there were so many experiences and just like, because you, I think you, you early on, you develop that kind of core of who you are and your personality and how you're going to look at the world kind of thing. Um, is there anything you can think back to about your own childhood where you go like, yeah, I took that into my adulthood. Like that's, that was developed at a pretty early age, that mindset or that
1: yeah i mean i think that that would be coming from like probably more so my dad uh than my mom but realistically both of them was really just a huge installment of like you have to be respectful you have to be always honest uh like honesty was really big in our family it was like you could mess up you could screw up but just be honest about it and talk about it right and it'll be fine you're not us in trouble you're still in trouble yeah definitely still in trouble (laughs) (laughs) yeah but I mean that was like the biggest thing I it's funny I have this one story I don't even 100% know if I remember it correctly because you know you kind of create these memories yeah they I, I forget the percentage but it's wild if you look into what the percentage of like how much of stories you actually make up in your mind mm-hmm. or like take little bits and pieces of what people have told you and you just fabricate these stories that are like influential in your mind and from your childhood but they're actually not even real yeah yeah um but this one story i just remember my my sister uh i I'll, I won't say which one so that they can't get <laughs> mad at me one one of the sisters the though egg. yeah Stole a toonie out of a car. It was The window was open and the dashboard, well, it was sitting on there. And both my sisters got grounded for the entire summer.
0: A full summer.
1: Yeah, a full summer. And my dad made them sleep out on the deck.
0: <laughs> Not messing around. No. You won't do that again. Both of them
1: got grounded because the other one didn't tell on her.
0: Oh, so didn't she knew about it. Out. So you're an accomplice. So both of you are getting Yeah.
1: So, it was definitely, like, a huge thing in my family to just, like, always be respectful, always be honest, do not steal. That right. is, like,
0: <laughs> yeah. if
1: you steal, you're dead to me.
0: <laughs> or the deck is your bedroom. Do you understand? Yeah, that's how yeah that's...
1: or you're sleeping outside <laughs> with the dog.
0: <laughs> that's, yeah. But, it's oh yeah, that's an amazing story, actually. It's funny, too, that concept. I think about that in my own childhood where I go, does that... Did that actually happen the way yeah. I remember it? And if I was to ask somebody else, would they go, no, actually, yeah. dude, it wasn't that way at all. Or like, you have part of that, right? But this other part, I don't know where you got that. You're like, no, I'm i am pretty sure that's a story I've been telling for 25 years, that that's how that went down. But... Um, yeah, I'm sure I've done that with my stories too. Fabricated different parts because it suits me better.
1: Yeah, there was definitely a period of time where I thought maybe that entire story was just fabricated so that I would listen to my right. parents and the threat of being sleeping yeah. on the deck, you know? Yeah, yeah.
0: It's folklore so that they keep you in line. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you heard the deck. I don't say about the deck story, right? You heard about the deck story? Yeah, dad, I got it. I don't even think it happened, but I, I'm not going to steal a toonie out of a car. Okay. I'm just telling you, you asked the other two. You asked the other two. I'm not messing around. (laughs) Um, So when did you decide that you wanted to be involved in the arts? Like, when did that come into your life?
1: Interesting question. Uh, It's kind of funny. I used to tell my parents and, like, my sister, everyone. I used to tell everyone. Ever since I was just a little, little kid, I was like, I'm going to be a famous actress one day, and I'm going to be a millionaire.
0: (laughs) Oh, really? From a pretty early age?
1: Always. Wow. I uh, actually recently... um, had to had to have a conversation with my ex boyfriend and he's been seeing my social media lately and he's like, You're looking really successful. And I'm like, Oh, thank you. And he's like, Yeah, it's really annoying. (laughs) And I was like, What? Like, (laughs) how's it annoying to you? (laughs) Like you don't have to deal with it anymore.
0: I don't need your success flash in my face. (laughs) I know. Hey, (laughs) of Your Ex on social. Looks like she's doing really well. Thanks, Brad. (sighs) I don't need this garbage.
1: (laughs) Right. And it was just funny because I was like, what? What do you mean annoying? Isn't it a good thing? And he's like, yeah, but I just, I just always remember that one summer that we were, when we first kind of met and we were just hanging out and you used to sit on the couch and tell me and your sister, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to be successful. <laughs> <laughs> and I just started laughing and I'm like, well, I've said that since I was a kid. Like, it's just i decided it yeah when i was a kid manifested it yeah and he was like well yeah but i just i don't know i guess i always thought that it was going to be like you and me working hard together
0: oh so he feels left behind like you've gone on and done the thing and it was going to be
1: well and i think that he just thought it was going to be like oh he has a company or whatever and it's going to be a joint income that creates the (laughs) right success and i was like yeah no i've already decided that like since i was tiny (laughs) yeah
0: this has been my dream the whole time pal you don't get to jump on the old dream train here and go yeah it's also i'll be have a part of that like no no no, get your own dream get your own dream i'm doing this thing by myself exactly that's amazing that's amazing that's really cool that you 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 just something inside you early in life was like yeah that's the thing i'm gonna do so were you a big like when you like when you watched movies and stuff were you like more enthralled by like the performance of someone when you're watching or were you like no I'm just a kid enjoying a movie like where, where was your head at there
1: kind of a little bit of both I used to beg my parents I'd be like I want to be an actor I want to do can we move to Vancouver right like and like watching films was always very interesting to me I feel like I always pick them apart and I'm always like looking for like I'm a continuity freak. Yep, I am, I am always too. like, oh my God, that glass moved. Oh, yeah. oh that glass was more full. Like-
0: yeah. <laughs> that's totally me. I joke around on our set and I go like, that's the basis of my acting is like, I was training continuity and they all crack up laughing. I go like, that's everything for me comes from continuity. <laughs> They're Like, what do you mean? I go, that's my, that's where I get grounded. That's where mm-hmm. I center. This cup, you can't move it an inch. If you move it, I can't perform. I can't be, I need to make sure it's, you know. Um, so you, So when do you actually actively go, okay, I'm going to actually step into that world. I'm going to start acting. I'm going to start doing auditions. When does that start happening?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, around, I'd say 12, I made my mom put me in an acting class. Cool. Uh, I did a lot of theater growing up, Um, especially in high school. I did a lot of theater. Let me tell you, memorizing 193 lines of Shakespearean text is not fun. No, no it's not
0: at <laughs> all. I still don't believe that. That I sounds did that. like that sounds like you stole a tunie and someone's punishing you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that Go was down brutal. the deck and remember. remember <laughs> Jeez. Uh,
1: yeah. So then I did that, um, and then I just kind of kept trying to. Take more acting classes. I actually flew to L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think seven years ago now, and I did uh, the CGTV L.A. program uh, with Adrian Armante and Phil Lewis. Cool. So I did that, and it was a really cool experience. Um, all the callbacks to the agents, though, were in the States. So it's kind of like, okay, are you going to move here? Right. So I wasn't prepared to move there. Uh, I'm actually doing that program again this year. It was it was supposed to happen in May, but we've moved it to December because of COVID. Right. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. And then, I my agent here, we just kind of I just did background quite a bit with her, and then I met somebody on set one day, which is Paul Chinook, and he wrote the movie february's dog And he was chatting with me on facebook one day i just get this kind of message and him and i weren't really close we kind of knew each other as acquaintances just from working together on multiple sets and he was like hey i'm writing a short film and i was like sweet i'm like let me know if you need any help like i'll i'm happy to share it i'm like even if you have it already cast that's cool um i'll share the project when it comes out right because i really love to like collaborate and i just I'm a big believer in the more that you support other people, the more support you'll get back. Yep. Um, and he sent me the script, and it was it was short at the time. It was like probably 35 pages, and I read it, and I just fell in love with the script. Uh, Emily, the main character, which is um, well, it's it's about Dale Walters and his wife Emily. I play Emily as well as another character who works with Dale and they both get laid off from work, which I mean, everyone can relate to that right now. Yep. Uh, and I just fell in love with it because I had <coughs> dealt with that type of thing. My ex had been laid off for a significant portion of our relationship. I had to financially support us and he fell into a really big depression and it was really tough to deal with. And I think that sometimes people forget that depression doesn't just affect the person that's depressed it affects everyone in their life. And I love the film for that reason, that it showed all the perspectives. It showed his perspective, showed his wife's perspective. It really encompassed the kind of idea of, wow, what? how does losing your job and going into a depression affect people's lives? Mm-hmm. So The film ended up just kind of blowing up out of nowhere. It went from a short film. We got picked up by somebody, a production company willing to film it. So we filmed it. And then we actually ended up doing a second set of filming the next year. Well, not quite a year later, because we were like, this is just too good to be a short film. Right. So we almost doubled the length of the film. So it's going to be about an hour and 45 minutes now. Cool. And... Uh, We're actually in Cannes Marketplace, which releases tonight. Nice, congrats! And we are holding top twenty. Get out out of thirteen hundred films. Congrats! That's amazing. (laughs) I know. Oh my god, that's amazing. It's nuts.
0: Well done, yeah. Well done.
1: (laughs) It doesn't feel like real life, honestly. You're like
0: I'm on a cloud right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Congrats. Some
1: people don't like. I've talked to a couple friends, and especially if they're not in the film industry, they're like, "Cannes, cool. Like, what's that?" Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. like uh, I don't know how to tell you. Yeah. Like it's this a big is so deal. exciting. Yeah, yeah. Please be happy for me. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, Okay. Well, you'll see it later. Yeah, it's you'll fine. figure it out.
0: Like God, that thing you told me about a year ago—that was a big deal, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was when I told you it was a big deal. <laughs>
1: like, right. Yeah, yeah. But it's kind of hard too because you don't want to be that
0: person. It's like,
1: oh, look at my film. It's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Be more
0: happy. Be more elated.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, oh, I know. That's
0: wild. Yeah, I know. It's funny, you know, you were talking about the depression thing and there is a uh, I think that's a great point of when someone else is depressed and they're trying to find their way through it there's a helplessness that the people around them also feel mm-hmm. because you love this person, you care for this person, mm-hmm. you want to ease their pain. And when you're not able to do things to do that, then that f- makes you feel really, really bad. Right. So that, mm-hmm. that helplessness feeling is really, really tough for people because up to that point, you've been able to do something to mm-hmm. offer some kind of assistance in their life. But this thing is like they, you can't get them under that rut. Yeah. And that's, that's a real challenge for people. Yeah.
1: I mean, it translates through in a lot of different ways. It's also partially like you feel like you're even not good enough because you're like, why can't I make them happy? Right. So it's just a mix of emotions and it's just a mess when you're dealing with depression because it's not really something that you can just snap a finger and fix. Yeah. It's a work in progress and it takes a long time to recover from depression
0: it does the other thing too and i've thought about this but with my own career and my own life is the concept of you know your career being entwined with who you are as a person and so when like this pause of this whole COVID thing has been interesting for me because i think and we've spoken about this before but like just taking that time now to press pause and go like what do i want my life to look like and Mm -hmm. if you took away my career who am i as a person Mm -hmm. like and I think for a lot of people, we don't take that pause. So when you lose that career or that job or get laid off, and if that's been a large part of your life for a large period of time, there's a void and emptiness there because you don't even know who you are anymore mm. because so much of you is wrapped up in that. I find that a lot with athletes, like pro athletes. Like yeah. imagine it's
1: everything to them.
0: you blow a knee out and you can't play hockey. And that's been your life up till the age of 25. And mm. suddenly life just drops you off on the side of the road. And it's like, you're not going to play hockey again. And yeah. you're like, well, who am I then? If I'm not a hockey yeah. player, I'm not the star, I'm not the person. Like, That's a tough transition for people.
1: Yeah, and especially when it comes to athletes, it's early retirement too. Yeah. And it's always something that they know is going to happen, but a lot of them don't really prepare as well as they could for it. I actually was just interviewing Nick Lewis, yeah. um, and he had some interesting things to say about it. And uh, I think he's done really well, like starting – fresh on projects and just really keeping busy,
0: you know? Yeah. yeah. I talked to Mike Commodore, who's a former NHL player, played like 18 seasons, I think, in the NHL. Wow. And this was about two seasons. So I guess, yeah, two, uh, yeah it would have been two years ago, I talked to him on the podcast, and he spoke with the same thing about some players, you know, that comes early. It comes like mid-30s or early 30s. You're done mm-hmm. playing hockey. And he goes, some guys transitioned well, other guys not so much like they got used to that lifestyle and those checks coming in and that mm-hmm. money didn't take care of the money, body's banged up, might have yeah. head issues, you've got a wife, several kids, they're all expecting the same lifestyle mm-hmm. and he goes like, they're in some dark places as a result. You yeah, know?
1: I mean, when you have so many people relying on you, it can be just adding to that pressure and it can be crazy what you feel dealing with that.
0: Yeah, for sure. But I think something I'm more conscious of now is that, yeah, like if you couldn't do stand-up again, if you couldn't act again, mm. if all that went away, would you be able to be happy In other ways and just go okay well where i used to put so much energy and effort in this one thing you can no longer do that so can you find a way to kind of repurpose that whatever that is and put it somewhere else and be equally as happy you know but it's a scary thing to think about because you're like no this is this has been my life when people go like you know acting is my life or something i go like oh you know like you're kind of like oh you're putting way too many eggs in that basket yeah that's the way i think
1: it's tough too for people even to find happiness, like regardless of career, I I think it's like they're searching for something to give them happiness, but you really need to look back at yourself and be like, what makes me happy? How can I myself create that happiness?
0: Totally agree. I totally agree. And that's why I think, I've said this to people before, they think that when they get that next gig or they get the next... Thing that their life's mm-hmm. going to change and they're going to be happier and I'm like if you haven't learned to appreciate where you are now you will not appreciate the next thing either yeah. I don't care what it is exactly. you'll get to that and go but there's another level beyond this and there's yeah. another I'm in this movie it's amazing yeah but you're not the lead oh, I want to be in a movie where I'm the lead you know what I mean like, just keep going then <laughs> it's like yes but there's never any kind of gratitude of the moment of like yeah. wow how awesome is this you know my mm-hmm. film is in this festival. It's like, it's it's killing it right now. We started with this small project. It's grown. It's taken on a life of its own. It's like finding joy in that as opposed to looking over the fence and going, yeah, but it's not that. You know, mm-hmm. we wish we were there. That's what steals joy, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, <clears throat> too, it translates interesting into relationships. Like, people are searching for their happiness in a relationship. Like they're searching for that person to make them happy. And I don't think that that's healthy. I think people should kind of find their own happiness. And then it's like, you need to bring two people's happiness together. Yes. And nobody seems to, Get that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But I wonder if some of that, too, is Hollywood's fault, you know? Like, this whole Mm. notion of, you complete me. Yeah. And that stuff where, like, you're broken and twisted and tormented, and then she comes along and she gets you, and she understands (laughs) you. it's like, I didn't know about life until I met you. It's like, no, man. Dude, you got to figure that stuff out on your own before you ever meet her because you're just bringing all that luggage into this relationship. Do you know what I mean? But I think there's that romantic notion of someone fixing you. And I'm like, Oh my God, that, uh, as soon as I hear that, I go like, Oh no, it's going to be a car crash. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, and to me, it's just not even fair to put that type of pressure on somebody. It is so like, it's too much. You can't put that pressure. It's like, if you can't come up with your own happiness you can't expect somebody else to give you that happiness. It's just an unrealistic expectation.
0: Yeah, it is. It's it's totally. But a lot of people don't, I don't think they have the time to think about that. There is that, mm. they keep chasing that thing that, oh, if I could just find someone. And then you talk to them and you're like, I know why they haven't found somebody. Because it's up.
1: like nobody wants that pressure. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> and
0: no one wants that negativity and that vibe. Like, mm. I really, I'm a big energy person like that. And I feel like you can meet somebody and shake their hand. You just be around them for seconds and yeah. like you get this vibe instantly. For I know sure. nothing about them. I don't know. I've never met you before, yeah. but I already feel it. I don't know if you believe in that kind of stuff. Probably. I
1: totally believe in that. I forget what it is, but I, I was listening to this um, psychologist, Julie Smith. Doctor Julie Smith, and I love her name. (laughs) that sounds proper, right? It does. I actually found her on TikTok, which is super weird. Not on TikTok. I know. Everybody's on TikTok. I I, I like it now. (laughs) (laughs) You've come across. I really like it. The weirdest video go viral. Hundred and twenty something thousand views on it. That's amazing. I'm eating cereal.
0: You can't predict anything in I this know. world. It's like, it's so nobody ridiculous. cares. The other thing that you would work, oh my God, we have this film. People are like, yeah, it's a few views. This thing I'm eating cereal, like, oh yeah, that's a, the viral sensation. you know? Right,
1: like, yeah, anyway, uh, Julie Smith, she she was talking about, I believe it's like two or three seconds you decide yep. if you like somebody or not. And I was like, what?
0: I totally believe like,
1: it. And its I think it's that vibe. You just get a vibe immediately.
0: Yep. I believe when you meet somebody, one of three things happens that you were either plus one afterwards, you're zero, meaning there was no effect whatsoever, or you're minus one. So that you know what I mean? Like I believe there's almost that ranking system. So a plus one is like someone's just got a great energy about them and when you leave that interaction you Mm -hmm. feel energized by it as well. Yeah negative one of course is like that person just sucks the mm-hmm. energy to the room they can like there's just a vibe and whatever energy vampires and then there's yeah then there's a zero where it's almost like sometimes in like customer service interactions where you're like at a drive-through and you're like that's a human being who's right. giving you your thing but like there wasn't enough there to like so there's almost no yeah. effects either way
1: i like it the uh tim hortons up by my house every time i go through that drive-through <laughs> it's generally the same girl and she goes have a great day. See you tomorrow, beautiful. And I just love it. So I just love her. And I love going there because I get called beautiful every time yeah, I go. I think go. we know
0: why you like going to the Tim Hortons there. It's like, no, I have to go to that Tim Hortons. There's another one right there. No, no, that's no, the one no. I go to. The beautiful one. I go to the beautiful Tim Hortons. I where they would
1: can... go to it more, though. Like, if yeah. there was two on the same corner, I would go to that one every time because it's a positive experience. And it draws yeah. me to it.
0: Yeah, and it's something so simple and mm-hmm. small. It's amazing. I do this all the time at drive throughs where I pull up to the speaker and they go, hey, can I take your order, please? And I always say, hey, how are you today? And 50% of the time, I get nothing back. They're just waiting for the answer, they're just waiting for the order. Because I guess they get into this autopilot thing of like, look, man, I get a lot of people to blow through, but sometimes you catch them off guard and they're like, oh, I'm good, how are you? Like they're not expecting it. I'm, so I'm like, clearly no one has asked you how you're doing in days. So they're just didn't even know what to do with the question. Just, you should you probably
1: know. start videoing that and putting it on TikTok. You're
0: probably right. That would be viral. <laughs> it
1: probably It's like, hey, guys, I
0: got a chart going here right now. Uh, I'm 0 for 12. Uh, but do I got it. yeah, oh yeah. I think you're right. It's you a good idea. You do it. <laughs> should so do that. All right. I got a good vibe on this one. Okay, here we go. And you just blow up and see what happens. Like, just The best is when it's dead silence. You're just like, well... I'm going to get a quarter pound. Now I got to order something. I'm like, I'm going to be a million pounds because I'm just trying to get this video to go viral. <laughs> <need the> <laughs> I'll just get oh a water. i going to get a water, please.
1: Yeah. Uh, a water. Of I time. saw um, these like vloggers, <clears throat> Charles and Alyssa, and they went through, they said they were going to go through a drive through a hundred times. And they just kept driving through the same drive through <laughs> over and over again. Oh, sorry. We forgot something. Oh, actually, can we get a water? Oh, uh, it's a 10 chicken duck. Like every time. They just get like oh one God. item at a time. I think <sighs> that they ended up going through like 30 times.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. There's a hilarious... Dana Carvey, years ago, had a sketch comedy show for like a season, I think. At one of the sketches, I don't know why it made me laugh so hard, but it was like him in a car with a bunch of buddies and they're just laughing and giggling like idiots and they pull up to the drive-through they order the food through the speaker and then they go to the window and they pay for the food Mm -hmm. and then they take off without getting the food (laughs) and then they're crying laughing as if they pull and the guy's just in the thing with the bag like you've already paid for it like this is that you're screwing (laughs) yourself and they're like oh my god and they're howling and i'm like I don't know why to this day it's just so stupid, but you're like, oh. That's so funny. Like, yeah, we did. Oh, my God. They're looking back at him like it's as if he's <laughs> <it's> like, go, <laughs> go, go, that. go, go, go. It's like, oh, yeah. So, yeah, joke's on you, but Yeah, it's like guys just with the bag like, all right, so it. <laughs> Pulls it back. <laughs> it's so, stupid. It's so stupid. What do I do with this food? <laughs> yeah, like, okay, I guess we got free burgers. I don't know. This guy just took like, off. Do you think like, their
1: bosses would let them keep the burgers? I though? wonder.
0: I had a buddy who worked like, at a McDonald's in um, – in my hometown, and he got fired once for putting an extra slice of cheese on a burger That's that oh, someone, a friend of his God. was there, and he goes like, they're like, see you later. It's like,
1: Sometimes I wonder right. about people. Like, really? Really? It's, it's a multi-million dollar company. Like, is that putting us under? <laughs> <is that gonna laughs> the cheese be... is going to break us, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's the ruination. nation. We're of done. We're McDonald's. closing up. Yeah,
0: exactly. Did you check the numbers served on the sign? I think we're <laughs> all right. I think we can afford another slice <laughs> like of once. processed cheese. Yeah. yeah. Oh goodness. But uh, yeah, I think you're right though. I, I do believe that energy, and I feel like you know what it's like on a set where it's like I'm really big on everyone feeling included and mm-hmm. feeling part of it, and everyone feels valued, mm-hmm. and you feel like because a good energy makes a big difference in performance on the day. Even in stand up, when I'm in a you know in a festival or something like all that nervous energy you get from performers sometimes, like I can't be around uh, that, so I'll like go find my own space where it's just kind of quiet because I'm like. Because I'm because it's contagious, mm-hmm. and also like someone else freaking out or like just angry or nervous or whatever people go through in their own rituals and routines. I'm really wary of like I just don't want to absorb any of that because it's yeah. like that, now I'm taking that on stage when I go on there.
1: Mm-hmm. I think people aren't very aware of how much they absorb from others too, but it really shows when it's like you walk into a room and you're bubbly and happy. Watch what happens around you. Yep. Everyone starts smiling and yep. starts getting bubbly, and everyone starts getting excited. It's so really interesting to watch, actually.
0: Yeah, and the opposite is also true. Mm-hmm. You walk in as a rain cloud with a long face and like you look like you want to kill someone that people will also adopt that. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I know I've been reading, there's a great book called uh, big magic by Liz Gilbert. Have you ever read that book? No. So it's about, uh, she wrote, E. pray, love. So the big Julia Roberts okay. movie, yeah. so the, uh, based on that book. So she wrote that book, but she wrote a book called big magic, which is about creativity. And I've talked about it on this podcast a bunch of times, but it's about you know where creative ideas come from and kind of, you know, where, we're, like, ideas are not necessarily, you know, oh, we create them, and then it's like, there's almost this belief that, like, ideas are just kind of already formed out mm-hmm. of the universe kind of thing, and we just have to be open to receiving, receiving these them. ideas cool. and letting them go through us. And then it takes the ego out of it. So now you're not like, right. because she said, like, she gave a speech about, "E, pray, love was a global success, and, and uh, she's like, yeah, I worked really hard on that book, and for some reason it resonated with people in the world mm-hmm. and became this thing. She goes, but then you can put that pressure on yourself of now you have to top, eat, pray, love. And she goes, I can't create like that. I can't create with a mindset of, I have to think about how many this is going to sell. It's like, you can't come from that. And also, you don't control that. You know, like you guys put Mm -hmm. your movie out in the world. You can't control what's going to happen with it. You can push it, market it. You can do lots of media for it. But at the end of the day, it's going to be received how it's going to be received. So it almost takes that pressure off you as a creator or performer Mm -hmm. to go like, Do your best work, put it out in the world, and then walk away from it, and you move on to the next thing. But it separates Mm -hmm. you from that, you know, it's got to be this thing, and it's got to – it's like –
1: Yeah, the fixating. (sighs) People fixate on things a lot, and then they overthink them, and then they stress themselves out, and it's just not going to help your life.
0: No, at all, and you don't control it. It's like, you know, she's like, I put other books out that I work just as hard, I love just as much they don't do as well and people go well that was a failure she's like well that's that was the best I had me, and I'm really proud of that book and Mm -hmm. then again it didn't become this other thing but I'm fine with that I just move on to the next project yeah you know
1: if you're stuck like worrying about the past over and over again you're just always gonna be depressed (laughs) yeah
0: yeah definitely and especially with I find entertainers in general because the joy has got to come from the work itself at the end of the day yeah you know like you go to a movie set you do the best you can you do a stand up show, you do the best you can, whatever it is you're doing, you put your heart and soul into it, then you launch it, put it out in the world, and that's all you can do. There's nothing else to control or worry about or. You know, like you just have to move on to the next thing. But I think people don't do things because they're worried about how other people are going to receive it. Mm-hmm. So they don't even start. It's just that paralysis yeah. of, mm, but I'm not good enough. Like a podcast, for example. Yeah. Well, I don't have the gear and I don't know how to do it. And I don't. It's like, look, just start, Just do it. you know, but not enough people have that mentality. I don't think they're so fearful of what. Yeah. What's the world going to say or where will it rank? It's like, who cares?
1: I think, too, like, we were talking about childhood and how things affect you from your childhood, and I think it's very influential when you've been bullied as a child. Mm -hmm. Like, I was terrified to put myself out there and put myself on social media because it's like I wasn't well-liked as a kid, and growing up being bullied and being looked at like you're not the cool kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you go to go online and go on social media and you're like, "Oh, all those people that never liked me, they're all going to like be laughing at me." Right. And then you start doing it and you get to the point where you just go. You're just like, "You know what? Whatever. I'm just going to post it. I'm just going to see how it goes." And yeah. then all of a sudden you realize that you had so many fans out there that you didn't even know you had. Yeah. And none of those negative people even matter anymore because it's like you've got this whole new group of support.
0: Yeah. You found a community and you Mm. would not have found that if you hadn't shared Mm -hmm. whatever it is you were going to share. But we don't even give ourselves that opportunity to do it. Like, um, like you said, you got used to performing, I guess, at an early age, like a lot of people would never be able to stand up in front of a crowd of people and Mm -hmm. do those things because there's that ultimate fear of like, well, what if they're going to make fun of me and what if I suck and whatever. That's why I think putting kids in those situations early, if they want Mm -hmm. to do it, is such a great thing, because whether they go on to be a performer or not, just the confidence that that builds.
1: Mm -hmm. I like acting, too. Uh, Natalie Portman said it very well. She said, acting is basically the act of empathy. And I love that, because especially as a kid, learning those emotions and learning how other people feel or putting yourself into somebody else's shoes is such a good like life lesson in general, I think.
0: Yeah, you're right. To be able to step out of your own skin and go, Okay, well, mm-hmm. look at it from this perspective mm-hmm. and feel that human yeah, just the humanness of that, the humanity of that. I find yeah. too, like there was a study that I remember I heard about in university about they're proving that babies are born with empathy. Wow. Born with it. That's and so s- cool. So what the test was was that um they had a baby in a nursery and then they had another baby Baby's crying like kind of put in through a speaker and the baby would cry when it heard another baby crying because it was empathizing with the other baby's pain so they were like okay well is that just because the baby's crying so it's annoyed so then they took this baby's own crying and put that in through the speaker and the baby didn't cry because it recognized it was its own. Whoa. That's how crazy it was. So I was like,
1: That's so what? cool. Yeah, pretty insane. I do not even know if I'd recognize myself crying.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, if I had to hear myself crying now, I know I'd probably be like, Yeah, that's definitely me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Wait, no one maybe else cries. thinking about it. <laughs> yeah.
0: No one else cries like that. That's horrible.
1: That's <laughs> yeah. so wild. But it's then the whole. Nuts.
0: Yeah. And then the concept of, like, then what society does to us as we get older and you get burned and you get bullied and whatever. And so Mm. that stuff starts to get whittled away and chiseled away and you start to harden and you start to, you know what I mean? Like you don't, you're not as vulnerable and open anymore because the world has hurt you numerous times. and So now you gotta, you know,
1: and it's interesting to see how people change over the years too. It's like we're meeting somebody that you knew when you were a kid and you haven't seen in years to see like the difference in their personality or what direction their life has taken.
0: Yeah, definitely. And the other thing too, I mean, that's even now at the whole Black Lives Matter thing and, and, uh, you know, people are having a lot of great conversations about it and really thinking about it, which I think is, you know, long, long overdue, but so awesome. But people, I feel like, like, I feel like you have to leave room for people to be able to ask questions and to learn and to grow. Mm. Like there's a situation where people are like, oh, they've said these things in the past and it's like, yeah, but okay fine they've accepted that like can we give them room to come forward mm-hmm. and reinvent themselves but i almost feel like we're in a day and age now where it's like just you messed up you've done whatever bam you're like done. you're cut off your that head too
1: true you know what it i mean so true people will never like it's just that age old thing of oh people never change right but it's like you know what maybe they don't change but they grow and yeah. they like they evolve Definitely. I love the word evolve. It's probably it's one of my favorite words because it's so powerful and so true. People evolve and they they grow from their experiences.
0: Yep, I agree. And also if you don't leave room for that with people in general, that room to grow and evolve. Mm-hmm then who's ever going to admit that they were wrong? Who's yeah. ever going to admit that? Yeah, I did say that thing. Because you're like, you're going to cut my head off if yeah. I do it, right? So I'll just deny that I said it and we'll go that way with it. Right. Because and there's going to even be- more
1: negativity. Right,
0: because there will be no empathy on the other side of yeah. this. So what is the point? And I feel like I get it. There are things out there that are horrible and horrific and people had to be punished and so on and the law is going to step I get all that. But at the end of the day, like I really believe this with Black Lives Matter, like for all the marching and protesting and the anger and the rage that I feel is necessary. And it's a great jump off point. We need that. Real change is going to happen from people sitting quietly with themselves Mm -hmm. and their own thoughts and their own beliefs and saying, what am I going to do? What are what have I done in the past that I should really correct? Mm -hmm. Where did I get these beliefs? Like really, you know, what I mean, like spend that quiet time. To decide if I hear it or see it what am I gonna do if I'm on a bus Mm -hmm. and I hear someone say something to somebody else am I gonna ignore it or am I gonna go like whoa not cool like that's where the real change is gonna be and I feel like that that's where the empathy comes from is that moment of sitting with yourself and just being vulnerable enough to accept what you've done in the past giving Mm -hmm. yourself compassion and forgiveness for it Mm -hmm. and then going okay how am I gonna be better but we don't do that with each other we don't go like okay you screwed up and that's it and especially with social media as you said it's like Done.
1: Yeah, it's there forever. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think too, like we were talking about mindfulness and mindfulness is all about that. It's all about recognizing, okay, yeah, I messed up there. And it's like you acknowledge those things and you acknowledge the feelings, so you acknowledge the negativity. And it's like you have to acknowledge it so that you can accept it. And yeah. then once you accept it, you can move on from it.
0: Totally agree. I feel too like and I've noticed this with my podcast even. Like I was talking to another friend of mine the other day about this, but he works in human resources. Oh
1: wow. That's must be interesting right and now.
0: Very interesting. Yeah. So <laughs> you can imagine what he's dealing with in situations. Yeah, yeah and a bit of everything. Especially you
1: know. now though. Oh Ooh. it's crazy. Busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: A lot of files. And, I bet. <laughs> yeah, like I'll put that in the file. But we were having a talk about men and like, you know, your podcast is is revolving around mental health and you and know, I spoke before, and I felt like, you know, men especially have a hard time being vulnerable enough to mm-hmm. go, like, man, I'm going through a hard time, and I don't know what to do about it, and I need answers kind of thing, because we feel there's this male facade of, like, got to be strong and tough. have everything figured out and tough, mm-hmm. and, like, it's why I said to my go, I think it's why men don't ask for directions, you know, like, when they're... <laughs> They're <laughs> like that That's would true. show weakness. It would mean like I need help, and I'd rather like before GPS and stuff. It was just a guy <laughs> driving around while his girlfriend or wife's like, for the love of God, we just, just pull someone. into this gas station and ask someone. No, I think it's down here. It's like, I, how do you even know? Yeah, yeah. It's know. like, what are you just going by vibe? Like, just <laughs> pull in. But a man is like, dealt with me, and I, I don't know what I'm doing. And it's just like, it's all this stuff they're gonna pack down. But we were talking about um if you want someone to be vulnerable it helps to be vulnerable first and people will mirror that but when we Mm -hmm. ask people to just like we expect that out of them it's like well you have to create the environment and groundwork for that Mm -hmm. first and the other person nine times out of ten will then go like yeah well
1: I agree with that. I totally agree. And and here's
0: my thing. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's what I find is amazing about vulnerability in general is that people, they recognize the humanity of that situation and they quickly go, this is a safe place Mm -hmm. to let my guard down. And they don't do it normally. They're always locked up. Yeah, and
1: it's a trust thing. Nobody's going to be vulnerable with you if they can't trust you. And it's. By being vulnerable with somebody, you're showing them, "Hey, I trust you." So you, right. they naturally are going to feel like, "Okay, you've given me something. I have to give you
0: something." Right? Because you, know? you want that connection,
1: exchange, People- yeah, of trust and connection. Exactly.
0: Definitely, Brene Brown. Have you read any of her books? No. She's great. She's. I think there's some stuff you'd really like. She does. Um, just like research about shame and vulnerability. So wow. she, she's actually got a Ted talk or a big talk that's on Netflix right now. Mm-hmm. that I think you could find, but also a bunch of videos and interviews and some great books out there that, uh, are really good for it. But she has a cool thing where she's like, uh, your opinion of me is like, is irrelevant if you're not in the arena that I'm in. So mm-hmm. her thing is that, you know, she did this Ted talk. It went viral and then she goes, like, there was just comments of, like, oh, this is amazing. And then, of course, it went into the gutter, and it was, like, making fun of her earrings and her size and her weight and I feel bad for your husband. And oh just, you God. know, th- the internet. It's like,
1: why do people even have, like, how do you have time <laughs> to sit on the internet oh. and insult others? I just, it baffles me. It blows my mind.
0: To take the time to, like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to go type this, and I, this is, yeah, yeah. send.
1: Like, <laughs> like wow. oh, I got you. Your yeah. earrings suck. I
0: hope like. that to hurt you, woman I don't know. And, <laughs> like, why? Uh, (laughs) just just came across it on youtube like i know what to do with this like (laughs) so she said what she developed which i think is so cool she has a little piece of paper she has a list of like a few people on this piece of paper if you're not on this piece of paper your opinion doesn't matter
1: wow i love that i I need to make a list "Mm -hmm." you know what i mean (laughs) just my name on it
0: Yeah, exactly. Just yep, me. I'm fine with it. All right, good. Let's get this day started. Just that'd be hilarious. It's your name 15 times. I,
1: I'm so. gonna get it printed.
0: <laughs> I get it Frame laminated. Frame it on my wall. Laminated so it can't yeah, be a, it in my wallet. destroyed by the water. That's a funny thing. That's actually cool. That'd be a good idea. <laughs> Everyone's
1: gonna, if anyone ever opens my wallet, it's just gonna be a card with just my name on it. They're yeah. gonna be like, "Why isn't your phone number on there?" Oh no, that's my card for uh, me. My validation card. It's literally card. just your name. I check it. Like in. yeah, it's fine. It's yeah. just my name. That's for a reason. I'm
0: cool. Trust me. I know what I'm doing. Oh, that's hilarious. That's so funny, but I think I think there's something to that. Of yeah, you can't worry about what everybody thinks about you or what, you know, what everyone's opinion, especially with the internet, because it's just mm-hmm. a doorway that people can get into your head. And yeah. so the minute you open it up and put something out in the world, that door is now open. And with that door being open, comes really good things and also really bad things. Mm-hmm. And so you're gonna to have to decide what matters. Yeah, whose opinion matters? For
1: sure. I mean, I so I have a photography business as well, and. I specialize in boudoir photography. So it's all about women empowerment. And I deal with a lot of women who are just so self-conscious and so down on themselves. And it's really interesting to not only hear their stories and hear like why they're struggling and what is putting them down to that low point but it's also amazing to see the transformation like through a session with me and see them feeling like, Oh wow, I am actually beautiful. Right. Or like after the changes of having a baby and I mean, we're humans, we go through so many changes. So it's like getting to see them, you know, just transform like that is really interesting.
0: Yeah. That I would imagine it would be weird because I think you're right, like for a woman right now, is it in that mindset of like, well, a woman who looks like me doesn't wear stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. it's a negative story you've told yourself. Yeah. And if you can get past that and then you, can, you have the photos, you can do what you want with the photos once mm-hmm. you have them, Exactly. right? But it's like, oh God, I don't, you know, someone like me shouldn't have that or I shouldn't get that shot. It's like, mm-hmm. we just do that all the time, that negative self-talk.
1: Yeah, you know? and I mean, especially like weight is a huge thing for women, of Morning. course. Everyone yep. knows that. And post-baby, I think that so many women are like, oh, well, I'm bigger now. Or, oh, I gained so much weight having a kid. Like, I'm never going to be beautiful. Right. And it's like, whoa, whoa. Like, wait a second. Right. You can be beautiful at any size. It's just, again, going back to that belief. Yeah. And being like, okay, do I believe I'm beautiful? And it's almost like going through things like a baby or also like a bad relationship, a breakup, or even just being in an abusive relationship for a long time is something that a lot of my clients talk about. And it's like, wow, you've been told for so long by whatever your husband, that you're not beautiful that now you're believing it. That's not okay.
0: (laughs) Brutal. It's brutal. It's the damage done right afterwards. Mm -hmm. It's like, It's that initial, you know, whatever that insult is is, or if it's on the internet, it's just now they don't see the damage afterwards that person now carries around for the rest of their life, right? Like, uh, you know, when you put something on the internet, I think about all the time when people put something out there and then people start taking shots at it and it's like, this person made this thing, they were vulnerable enough to Mm -hmm. put it up in the world. You know, and I'm like, I'm, because I'm just the way I am, too. Like, if I go to a restaurant, I don't like the food. I just, like, don't go back there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to go write a Yelp review. I'm not going to blow <laughs> them up on Facebook. Never go to Mike's Pizza. Whatever. Like right? i just, I'm like. I didn't personally like it unless like there was something horrific, but even that I don't take it to social media. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, that's, that's not what that's I do forever. Yeah. Cause <laughs> that's there now. And I'm like, maybe it's a new business. Maybe this guy is still trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Maybe that server who what didn't give great service just found out her mom was sick. Like you yeah, don't know, you never know. Right. But people, again, it's like, so I'm trying to always not be reactive to that stuff. So when I don't like mm-hmm. something generally, I just kind of keep it to myself. Like mm-hmm. I don't feel the need like, how much music is produced in the world every year? And I go, like, not for me. I don't need to go find that guy online and yeah. go, this song sucks. It's like, no, it's just not for me.
1: It baffles me. It. I think it, I'm surprised every day, not, like, not only by that, but just the stupidity level of some people, that they feel it's necessary to have that negativity. I, I honestly think, though, where it comes from is really just unhappiness within themselves and they just feel the need to attack others,
0: which just sucks. <laughs> no, I totally agree. I really feel like you either process pain or you pass it on. Yeah. That's it. That's a you really
1: good way of putting it.
0: If you don't deal with it, you're gonna put her or give it to somebody else. There's a really cool thing that happened on Twitter a bunch of years ago. You know, Sarah Silverman, the comedian actor, I don't know if you know her I've not. I've
1: heard the name, but I'm not super familiar with her. S-
0: yeah, so she's she's really really funny, like great stand up and she's done some films and stuff as well. And she was had a Wait, troll. Is she on Netflix? Yeah, I think she got a special I, on there right now. She's a brunette. I think I like-
1: watched her on Netflix actually. Yeah. Yeah.
0: She's really good. Like, like she can be really crass and stuff, but she's <laughs> very funny. Um, and she had a troll on Twitter and this guy was saying horrible stuff to her So she went to his Twitter account and she started scrolling down through all of his posts. And she found through just digging down through that this guy was in severe pain due to a back issue. So she took this guy's Twitter handle and said, put it out to her followers and goes, this is so-and-so who lives in this area. He's in a lot of pain. His back is really messed up. Is there anyone that can help him? And a bunch of people reached out, like Mm -hmm. whether it was chiropractors or medical professionals going like, hey, that sounds like this, da-da-da. And this guy, complete 180, he went, Wow. Like, I'm really sorry for the nasty stuff I wrote. I have been in a lot of pain. But she took, I thought it was amazing because she mm-hmm. took the time to go, okay, that stung and hurt me. It's but not like, me, though. Where is this coming mm-hmm. from? And why would someone say that? Yeah. And she was able to look behind the curtain and realize, like, oh, that's a person who's in wow. pain.
1: That is so powerful. And, like... Incredible, yeah. Because <laughs> most love people just that.
0: fire back immediately, like "screw you" and make fun of their profile picture. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean?
1: you know like, yeah, yeah, it just creates this negative loop, kind of.
0: Exactly, and just keeps the, it's a game of tennis with pain. Mm-hmm. It's like I I hit the pain back to you, you hit the pain back to me, I hit mm-hmm. it back. And some of you go like, why are we using this ball that's full of pain? Like, what do yeah. you do? You want to do this? No, I don't either. So why are we? Yeah. What are we doing here? You know. Um, so with regards to your podcast, mm-hmm. tell folks a little bit about the concept of the podcast and why it started and and Yeah. yeah go ahead
1: um so it started because of February's dog and February's dog revolving so much around mental health uh and depression I felt like we wanted to do more than just produce the film and I just felt like the film was great and I hope that it impacts a lot of people but I wanted something where I could like open the discussion a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And like you said, men struggle with talking about mental health specifically. Uh, so I thought it would be a really good idea to start interviewing men. I mean, I'll interview every everyone, women and men. That's fine. But I just specifically was like, you know what? Let's open up this conversation on mental health and get talking about it because i feel like the more we talk about it the more it'll feel like natural for people to talk about mm-hmm. and i'm hoping that my viewers are agreeing with that and i'm just in general i like to also kind of get a feel for like okay you're a pretty successful person how did you get there what what got you to the point you're at now and what were your struggles along the way what of mental health issues did you deal with because it's never an easy road to success no and i feel like not a lot of people really talk about their journey to success it always ends up being like oh what are you doing now you're successful you're doing this now right but i just am always so interested to hear like okay well what's your story though how did you get to that point because I know through my own life experiences, it could not have been easy. Yeah. And yeah, so I'm really hoping that that conversation has just opened up a little bit more. And we actually just got picked up by Roku.
0: Awesome. Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> You're just crushing it now. Like, yeah, I know. another announcement. Uh...
1: <laughs> it's so bizarre. Like, Crazy. It's, Good just, for you. yeah, it's kind of. Jill, she's my producer from I'm Here With Magazine. And she had this connection and she just called me up and she's like, Quinn, guess what? And I'm like, what? We're on Roku TV and Toronto TV. It's kind of like a hub of a few different things. But yeah, it's so cool. And I'm so excited. That's
0: awesome. Congrats. Yeah, that's so cool. I think you're right too. Like, We often gloss over the struggle part of it. And I really feel Mm -hmm. that. We don't connect with people as much when we talk about our successes. We connect when we talk about the trenches because yeah. everyone can relate to that. Mm-hmm. So when someone is talking about, you know, someone who's done a lot of things that people would deem successful, the average person is probably sitting there going, okay, well, I'm not going to play professional football or you know what I mean like there's that's hard to relate and it's not really tangible to them. But if you tell them about the struggles Getting through all that and and the down times, and times Mm -hmm. where you thought it was all over and you wanted to quit and you had self doubt. (laughs) Right. That's applicable to anybody. Anyone can plug their life into that Mm -hmm. storyline. That's why I feel like the struggle is really important to talk about, you know? Um,
1: Super important. I mean, I think too, when people see that others have gone through similar struggles it can be really motivating for them because it's like oh well if that person did it i can do it mm-hmm. even like starting my photography business it was a lot of work starting a business and when i was going into it i was like i don't know about this and there was numerous times along the way where i kind of just like looked and i'm like oh my god like this, nope, this is nope this isn't i'm going to like go back to bartending because right. i can't do this i'm not good enough but then it's like you search other people out online and like i did a mastermind program for photography and when i joined that group i got to see other people's stories their struggles, their successes. And it was like reading what they were going through and being like, Oh, you're having trouble with your Google ads too. (laughs) It's like, Oh my God. And then you start even messaging with those people and you're like, man, I'm struggling with that. Did you figure it out? Did you fix the problem? Because I'm having the same problem and it's driving me crazy.
0: Yeah. So, but you find a community with it and, yeah, and that's what I think – that's the other thing, too. I think is a myth to success, too, of like, mm-hmm. well, you were always talented. So what did you just go in and get the audition and the thing happened? It's like, oh, no. my God. It's like, <laughs> are you kidding me right now? Like,
1: <laughs> You know how many times I've been told no? Yeah,
0: like rejection <laughs> is just part of it and you learn to deal with it. But I think that's the stories people have to share more of. But I feel the fear is, as we talked about, I don't know if people feel safe enough to share their struggle. It's like everyone wants to act like they're crushing it. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to make it look like, and I don't just mean online. I mean in life in general. I've had conversations with friends. Like, you know, you go for a beer with them or something and catch up, and you're like, how are things? They're like, good, you know, same old, same old. And And then, like, two months later, you find out their world's falling apart. And it's like, I talked to that guy for three hours. He didn't mention a thing. You know, like, we don't – everyone thinks the other person has it all figured out. Because we haven't created that environment of like, dude, it's okay to say you're not good or you're not all right, you know?
1: I think social media plays a really big role in that too because when you're looking at somebody's social media, you're seeing the highlights. Yeah. You're seeing the best of the best in their life. It's You're not seeing all of the stuff behind the curtain, as you say. Like, you don't really get to realize like, oh, that person is struggling no matter how. Like, I don't care how successful you are you're going to have struggles yeah. every every single human being is going to have high points low points tough points sad points in their life like it's just always going to be a huge mix and not a lot of people are going to be posting those <laughs> floor crying days on the on yeah. social media. Like you don't see any pictures of me floor, <laughs> floor yeah. crying on the on my the Facebook. F- <laughs> There's a filter for that one. I yeah. don't think. It's like, I'll oh, put the floor oh, crying thank filter. thank God for filters.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm still smiling even though I'm crying with this filter.
1: I feel bad though. I feel like they don't look as good on guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, come on. We, we need our own man filter that's just like
1: <laughs> yeah. made for men, you know? Oh, I've, I've tried those man filters though. They don't look good on me. No. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe well, I feel like they look like kind of a hot guy, so maybe they do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the hot guy role. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. It's it's one of those things that uh I think we need to do more of it, and the more discussions we have openly about it, mm-hmm. and like you're right, someone could watch an episode of your podcast and go, Oh man, like I connect to a lot of this stuff, and I'm also going through that kind of mm-hmm. a thing, and and feel connected to it in that way, that your failure is normal. Everyone's out here failing every day <laughs> multiple times, yeah. and it's okay to go. Yeah, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I didn't have it figured mm-hmm. out. I still stumble all the time and realizing, yeah, that's part of the path. That's part of the journey as opposed mm-hmm. to having to have everything figured out from the get-go. Having to have Everything's going to be mm-hmm. awesome from the start. It's like nothing starts that way. Nothing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you learn the most from your failures. That's <laughs> They're all learning experiences. I was reading a book. I'm spacing on the name of it right now, but it was talking about how to become very successful or very good at one thing. And it's like failing over and over again, trying to do it is actually going to help you succeed more and you're going to learn faster. And it's like they did a study on doing, having people study for like a long period of time for a test versus another group of people only got a very short period of time to study, but they got to do three practice tests. Mm Hmm. And the people that barely studied but got to fail at three tests actually did better on the final exam than the people who had a long time to study but didn't do any practice tests and fail.
0: Right. Exactly. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, the other is like you do so much prep, you don't get to execute. This Mm -hmm. other group gets less time to prepare but three chances to execute. Mm -hmm.
1: And it's missing and losing those answers and not knowing the answers. You remember it better because you're like – Oh, I got that one wrong. Yeah. And then you read the correct answer and you're like, oh, that makes sense. Right. So it like burns it into your brain that, oh, I failed at that answer. And then you remember that question.
0: Yeah. Pain as a teacher. It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that I will remember that one next time. That's the one I forgot Maybe on the last one. The burning
1: stove twice. That's <laughs> right. It's so true.
0: It's so simple once said, but it's like to apply it to your everyday life. Like that's, I think, the challenge for everybody. It's like, yeah, yeah you can read the, the, the cool quote and put it on your social media and the meme it's like that's all great but like get up tomorrow morning and live your life that way like i was talking to a friend exactly i was talking to a friend the other day about you know this whole covid thing and Mm -hmm. you know uh reflecting on your life and like you know the classic saying that people go you gotta live every day like it's your last and i go you know what man (laughs) so many people say that and then they go right back to Mm -hmm. doing the same Mm -hmm. shit they were doing before as opposed to going like, no, that actually takes effort and energy to do that thing you just said. Yeah, It takes a rewiring of your mind and how you think and approach your life and your day-to-day rituals of what you do every day. It takes actual physical change of those things and that's not easy for people to do. It's easy to Mm -hmm. say that thing but, okay, tomorrow morning then you're not going to sleep until 12. You're going to get up at 7 a.m. and you're going to go for that run on the thing. You know what I mean? Like it's physical effort and that's Mm -hmm. where people... Don't make that transition. It's like, that's all great. Your meme is great. And I totally believe you want to do that. But it's going to come down to physical force tomorrow morning at 7 a.m.
1: Yeah. I always find it interesting, too, when people have gone through, like, a near-death experience. And it's very interesting to see how long they live their life like tomorrow's their last. Right. Yeah, yeah. their last, right? Like, it's... I feel like not many people continue that kind of momentum forward for very long they kind of fall back into their regular patterns pretty quickly
0: yeah it's just it's a level of comfort i guess and and you combine that too i guess with the fear of failing and you know trying something new like it could be Mm -hmm. something basic like You know, you want to go take a yoga class and you're like, you don't know anything about yoga and you're afraid you're going to embarrass yourself. So (laughs) you don't go to a yoga class that you've always wanted to go to, you know? Yeah. And it's like. like You
1: shut yourself down before you even start.
0: Yeah. So this thing that you want to do that you said you're going to do and you had the near life, near death experience or whatever. And you're like, okay, I'm going to start. But then that fear thing keeps creeping in and it still Mm -hmm. keeps you on the couch, eating Doritos, right? Yeah. Like,
1: like what hey, a, I like Doritos. Hey, I'm not knocking whoa, Doritos. Whoa, whoa. If Doritos wants to sponsor this podcast, I will happily take. Hey Doritos, you hear that? <laughs> if, if, Dor- if the
0: Dorito people are listening, uh, feel free. Um, we'll
1: tweet them. We'll, we'll make a TikTok. They get, make a
0: TikTok. That's going to be me asking for Doritos at a drive-thru.
1: <laughs> yup.
0: Can I get two big bags of Doritos, please? Oh, by the way, how are you? <laughs> What is happening? Like, yeah. I'm
1: gonna be sad if you don't make these. I gotta do it. You gotta see. That's how
0: creativity happens. It's just like you just talk it out. You're like, yeah, I didn't have that idea like you know an hour ago. Don't have this thing, so it's good. I
1: liked the drive-through where they put a fake seat on themselves, so they went through the drive-through, but then they pulled up the seat over their head, and it looked like nobody was driving oh the my car. Oh,
0: God. <laughs> That's incredible uh,
1: too. Or like there's ones where the driver will switch with the person hiding in the back seat. Charles elicited that too. Really? And it was so funny because it's, this young black man at the drive-thru and then this like blonde Barbie white chicks <laughs> <laughs> suddenly appears after the person like hands the drink. They go back to grab the food. They turn around. <laughs> it's total opposite.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> I want to see the facial expressions from the staff because that's, that's gold. They've that's done gold. it
1: multiple times and some some of them don't even react, which is the bizarre thing. Yeah, it's like, man. did you see them in the back or something? Or, mm, yeah, or are you just like, n- like is your mind broken?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know another TikTok I want to do? Well, I just want to do the story of it. Like, I want to, you know, you go through drive through and you, uh, you go up to the speaker and then you order and you go to pay and you go, hey, can I also take care of the person behind me? Mm-hmm. Like, I'll pay for that. So then you pay for their meal. And then when you get your order, you pull out and then you wait for the person who you paid for and then you step in front of them and you go, where the hell is my food? You know what I mean? Because I paid for it. So like what? I've never heard of that. That's, That's my. I Did you pay for it? You didn't pay for it, right? Because I definitely paid for it. So can I have my combo? Or whatever it is. I don't even know what it is. But like I want that like, these people won't give me my food. These people will not. Who paid for it? Lady, who paid for it? No, I thought you're. Pay- oh yeah, right. I'm just gonna pay for random strangers' food. Give me my burger and my shake. And meant-
1: like, I wanted that order. I didn't have I didn't enough hands. Need-
0: <laughs> I don't have enough room to put it on my seat. And you're gonna just. I want to call the police. I'm calling the police right now. That is not your food. You did not pay for the food. Let's just make a big scene. Let's see what
1: happens. Oh no! I'd too, be too embarrassed to do that. I couldn't do it.
0: And <laughs> because you're gonna put the window down, going like, "Hey, thanks so much." It's like, yeah, yeah exactly. Give me my food. Give it. Pass it over. Like, just totally uh, grab it. Try and get that there. actually,
1: you know, the your order being paid for, that actually happened to me for the first time the other day.
0: Someone else paid for you?
1: Yeah, yesterday, going through Tim
0: Hortons. See,
1: the beautiful the Tim beauty- Hortons. This is why you
0: go there. <laughs> you're like, I'm getting shout outs. I'm getting my meals paid for. It's like, I why know. go anywhere else ever?
1: And it was like coffee and food. So it's like, whoa. It's Nicely like not done. just a $2 coffee. Thank you. But then it's like awkward because you're like, wait, do I pay for the person behind me? Right. Or do I just accept this positivity? I know. But then you feel like obligated. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I do know what you mean. I, it's a really cool thing to do. Like Also, you like that's the thing about kindness and generosity. It's such a selfish thing in a lot of mm-hmm. ways because you feel good immediately when you are kind and generous to someone else. Yeah. You also feel good the rest of the day. The person that you were generous to feels mm-hmm. great and that's a little pick-me-up for their day. And It's something so small. Yeah. so tiny but it makes such a big difference and it could be the thing that changes that person's day of like man i was having a crap morning and like oh like it just re- just changes that the makeup yeah. in their mind a little bit oh,
1: it's like the lady when she says thank you see you tomorrow beautiful i can't help but smile i'm I like can. oh you think i am beautiful? I gotta face. be
0: honest i dress nicely when i go to the drive-thru and not once have i had someone say something like that i'm trying tim, to i tim go Horton's around like a, i'm just, gonna check it out yeah tim,
1: Horton's. tim horton
0: center street all right, so what does the rest of the summer look like for you? What's the what's the plan? What's going on?
1: Summer. Uh interesting. Yeah, remember that? So, remember summer? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, do we have a summer this year? Does Are we happens? allowed? When is it
0: showing up? Does <laughs> anyone know when it's arriving?
1: Summer's gonna be busy for me. I have I have a fully booked schedule for photography cool. for Boudoir, which is great. And then August, I am competing in Miss Canada Globe.
0: Wow. Insane. <laughs> So what does that mean even? I tend to
1: take on too much. <laughs> yeah, you're like, right.
0: I'll put all this in a couple of months.
1: Yeah, literally. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> but I feel like, well, if I just try everything, eventually one thing will be successful. Yeah, I got a bunch so. of pots on
0: the stove. Something's going to make some soup here. Let's go. When? So what does that involve? What do you have? What happens with this? So with
1: as long as it happens, uh, it's set to happen in Toronto. Okay. Yeah, August 12th to the 23rd. Uh, And I'm hoping that it happens. Right now, I believe that they were kind of just working out the legality of it and working out if they can officially proceed because it is a live event and there is an audience. Right. So it would be kind of weird if if there was no audience for a pageant. Yeah. But it's really cool. I kind of got involved in it because at the time – February's dog wasn't kind of was done filming, and I was like, I need something to focus on because I don't do well when I don't have like a project. Right, I, <laughs> you need like, something. I, on Yeah, the I constantly need to have something on the go because yeah. I get really bored really easily. And I've taken on a lot this year. I like full time launched my studio. I've got <laughs> all of the film stuff going on. I. Also randomly applied for university and started a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology. So there's that in the background, too. And now I'm doing this pageant. So I'm just all over the place. Got a free
0: hour in August, so I thought I'd join a pageant. Yeah,
1: pretty much. I don't even really remember how it happened, but (laughs) I'm really excited for it. I think that pageants are widely misunderstood, Mm -hmm. and I think it's a really good opportunity for growth for me. It's a lot of honestly pageant is just getting to know yourself because you have to know how to answer all of these questions and answering all of these questions that they have for you on stage in front of a live audience it's not about how intelligent you are although that helps yeah (laughs) it's about knowing how you feel about subjects how you how do you feel about abortion Uh, i'm sure that they're going to have questions about covid and black lives matter Mm -hmm. and It makes you stop and self reflect and be like, wait, how do I feel about those things? Right. And asking yourself all of those questions, you learn not only so much about yourself, but you have to do the research on the topics. So it's forcing me to have a broader knowledge base and I think that that is just incredible and then on top of that it's just incredible networking I feel like I'm gonna meet so many incredible people at the pageant and possibly like make friendships for life so I hear you yeah super excited about it
0: yeah that sounds like an amazing summer I wonder too with pageants and I just had this thought as you were talking I wonder if part of it too is putting yourself in amongst all these other people because people can look at it from the outside and go oh that could appear like somewhat shallow or whatever Mm -hmm. but i go maybe it's that mentality of putting yourself in amongst all these other people and going i belong like i you know getting back to you talking about the bedroom shoots and stuff Mm -hmm. about like i i am proud of who i am as a person Mm -hmm. and i put it up against Anybody else, not yeah. in terms of like, I'm better, but just as I'm worthy and equal to.
1: Yeah. And it's all about self-confidence. Right. I mean, the second you are confident in yourself, you are going to have such an easier time finding success Yeah. because things are just going to start. It, it's almost like you feel like things just start happening for you because you're searching out those positivities and you're like, wow, okay, you know what? I'm going to just be confident in myself that this will work out. And then right. it does.
0: Yeah. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I think too, some of my friends have this conversation all the time. We don't talk enough about happiness. Like people Mm -hmm. talk about success all the time. Mm -hmm. And to me, success is like, I don't even know. Like to me, success is like just happy doing what you love Mm -hmm. to do or like being around the people you want to be around, living the life you want to lead. That to me is success. So within that is happiness. But I think sometimes people look at success as It's just accomplishments. It's a list of, Mm -hmm. you're in that movie, you're on that show, you won that thing, you know, and so optically it looks like, oh, wow, that person's really successful. But I go, like, with that definition, it's like, that doesn't mean they're happy, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, yeah, they're checking all sorts of boxes that you would think. It's why I find, you know, certain celebrities get to a certain point where they look on paper that they are just having an amazing life, and then you realize, like, They've got to go to rehab or they attempted suicide or whatever mm-hmm. like they're h- horribly miserable sad yeah. so it's not the life they want they they whatever that story is going on in their head it's not it's not a happy one and i don't know if people talk enough about the concept of happiness as opposed to success 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 i'm like okay well, define success you yeah
1: know? i i always ask that question in my podcast there you go. Yeah, <laughs> every right. every podcast i ask what is your definition of success And I also feel like people sometimes get lost in why they're doing things and why they're trying to be successful or why they're trying to be happy. And it's like, are you doing all of those things so that you can brag about it online and so that other people view you in a good way? Or are you trying to attain success so that you can be happy?
0: Right. It's a good question. It's so ironic that you said the first thing because I had that same debate before I got this place. hmm I had to give myself permission to get this place Mm. because I was going, why am I getting this place? Am I getting this because optically it looks like something to other people? Or am I getting Mm. it because I'm like, no, I want stability in the city. My life is already so whatever. And I'm like, I want a place I can come home to that's peaceful, that's tranquil, that feels like you can have roots and that it's a place you can be for quite a while. And once I was honest with myself about that's what it was, I gave myself permission to do it. But I needed to have that conversation with myself first because – you walk in and I was like, oh, yeah, I could see myself living here. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But why? Yeah. Why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's what I've been doing on this break, that the COVID pause is just questioning everything. Why do I have a podcast? Why do I do stand up? Why am I on this hour of 22 minutes? Am I happy doing all those things? What are my relationships like with my friends? Like, mm-hmm. I really thought long and hard about all those different aspects of my life. And, and instead of just moving in that autopilot fashion mm-hmm. that we often do when we're busy, is slowing down and going, OK, why
1: it's super tough I feel like people are constantly searching for validation from others and it's almost like the worst thing that you could do I think as as soon as you stop searching for validation from other people and you start searching you know for it from yourself that's when you're going to start to find happiness and it's a long road to that it's hard
0: Mm -hmm. it's like tough (laughs) Yeah, I heard a great quote from Gary V, which was, "Do you know Gary Vee's stuff?" Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't
1: know anyone you're talking. You <laughs> want to know my problem though? Is okay, it is like the opposite of a talent. The one thing that I'm really, really, really terrible at is names. I uh, it's like an aversion to names. I can't. Sometimes I feel like I don't remember my own name. <laughs> well, you're, well, you're gonna put pieces. it on. Well, you're gonna
0: put it on a card and put it in your wallet. So I mean, it, there I'll, just in I'll case. remember it forever. Got it there. Oh, I guess some people are going to get some grad photos. Oh. Um, Congrats. They're all going to. All going to the bridge to. Yeah, um, see the
1: bridge, Pist, pi- picturesque.
0: See, that's what I do. Sit here, but yeah,
1: faces. I'm good with faces. I get um, it. So I bet you, if you, you showed me them. all of those faces of they're all like, the people that you've I mentioned today that I, know I didn't her. know, <laughs> I bet I know at least some of them. Right.
0: Yeah. He has a great quote that I love, which says, "Speaking to what you're talking about earlier, is just that that negative voice in your head mm-hmm. is not your voice. Someone mm. else put that there. Whether mm-hmm. it was." a crappy boyfriend, a crappy girlfriend, a crappy teacher, your mom, your dad, whatever, that voice is not your voice, but you've made it your own. And so you wow. have to get rid of that voice and find your own again.
1: That is powerful. So it's like
0: change the channel.
1: That is very powerful. You know what the I mean? Change the channel. Yeah. That's a really good way of putting that because it's true. You really just have to, you know, flip the switch. Yeah. And tell yourself, okay, you know what? No, it's going to be good.
0: Yeah. And you, you realize like, Cause it's so it's so sneaky, like that negativity. Mm-hmm. It's so because it's not, Infectious yeah, too. and it's not loud and pronounced. It's so I always give the example of like you ever go to your closet and you go to put something on and then you, like it's this stuff is done in milliseconds. It's like oh, I can't
1: wear that, right? Like
0: that color doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. Like it's like,
1: yeah. but you keep them. You don't throw them away. Don't throw them out because you need them. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Because one day you're gonna walk in and go, yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? And what you mean by saying that is you're not worried about what you think of it. You're Uh worried about what other people are going to think of it. You know what I mean? So it's almost like that voice in your head is not even your own voice. That's you already projecting what you think other people are going to say if you walk in wearing a certain color shirt. You know, like it's so so manipulative and it starts from the moment you wake up. It's like awake and now what channel are you on right now?
1: Yeah, and it's like you pick up your phone immediately, you see things on social media, and a lot of the time negative things. I mean, there was this huge thing about Facebook putting negative things in people's feeds on purpose and only showing like specific accounts. Like, you would only be getting negative things put into your feed and apparently they were doing like a study to see how it mentally affected people. And it was causing people to be depressed I would imagine. because they were waking up and just seeing all of this negative stuff. Yep. And it's like, whoa. And that just shows how powerful other people's opinions are because then you, like you said, you start thinking those negative thoughts and that's all that you can think of yep. because it's all that's there.
0: Definitely. Yeah. I there's a thing I gotta start doing. Like I, I use my phone as my alarm as I'm sure a lot mm-hmm. of people do. And I'm like, I wanna get out of that habit of like, you know, the concept of putting your phone in another room at night. Yeah. And you're like, you're just gonna use your watch as an alarm or buy an old school alarm clock mm-hmm. and just use that. Or if you don't need an alarm, well, why you don't need anything mm-hmm. in there? And like just leave your phone out here. Because starting your day with picking that up, you're letting the world in and you don't know what you're gonna see. The it could yeah. be a text from somebody, it could be you know, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, it could mm-hmm. be the worst news. It could be the best, but it's almost out of your hands. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're already starting the day by, ha- being, by being reactive to what is going on in the world, as opposed to, taking time to just get yourself mentally set and mm-hmm. prepared, whether that's meditating or just having some quiet yeah. time or journaling or whatever it is, but getting yourself primed and like, what are your goals for the day and all that stuff. Then you pick up your phone mm-hmm. and go, okay, now I can let the world in. But when you start the day that way, like laying on your back, grabbing your phone and just scrolling, it's like, I'm like, there's no way I know it's not good for you. Like I know I've read yeah. about it, but I'm also like, I got to stop doing that. I got to stop, you know?
1: Yeah. I was listening to an audio book. I believe it's Tiknat not Han. Um, he's a monk and it's all about mindfulness and the practice of mindfulness and it's like he really highly recommends when you wake up do not touch your phone take the time to sit there and just be thankful be like you know what that was a great sleep I just had be thankful for your sleep and then you think it's like okay what am I going to do today and you just take that time to be thankful for that moment and then you be thankful for like, what's today going to bring what, and you can really start the day off in a positive mindset that way. Yeah. Whereas, uh, yeah, like you said, you don't know what you're going to look at when you open your phone. It could be anything. No idea. Yeah. I mean, I always sleep with my phone on silent. Yep. So I, I'm also a light sleeper though. So that's right. part of it. Yeah. <laughs> like a text can wake me up. Yeah, so. yeah. Enough for hours. But yeah. yeah, it's important that you just take that time and you take that focus and You try to steer it towards positivity.
0: Yeah. They also say uh, making your bed first thing in the morning Mm -hmm. is also a great practice because it's a win. It's like a win. Yeah. It's a small goal. It's something so pretty. Yeah, yeah. It's also neater. Uh, But that's one thing you've accomplished today. So you've already started the day. You've been up for a minute, and you've already got an Mm -hmm. accomplishment. And so now you're creating momentum for the rest of the day. And I'm like, I go, yeah, I can see how those small little things would work in building momentum for the rest of the day.
1: It's crazy how many little things like that have a huge impact.
0: Yeah.
1: It's it's just like uh, somebody at Tim Hortons saying that I'm beautiful. It's It's something so small. It's always, you just never know what little thing is going to help you along the way.
0: Yeah. And you got to look for it. Like it's, it's an important thing. All right. Getting ready to wrap this up. Um, I've asked this question to most of my guests. Almost all of them. A handful (laughs) of them I haven't asked for some reason. I don't know why, but... I will ask this to you. You can take a moment to think about it. You don't have to mm-hmm. answer it right away. The question 30 is... 30 seconds. You have 30 seconds. Go. Wrong answer. Pageant. Next Pageant one. Pageant training. Pageants. What do you I'm know? ready. What do you think about chlorophyll? What?
1: Wait, what? What
0: does that have to do? You... Eh, wrong. All right. Moving on. Fail.
1: Fired. I'm not airing this podcast. Not
0: airing. This was all for not... <laughs> um and this question was asked to me at a job interview oh and i, and it I love this, it i'm excited yeah so this was this was i worked at boys and girls club for did you fail at
1: answering that?
0: i think i did okay did you get the job? i think I, I got the job oh, okay so, you go. so <laughs> i think i did okay i might have failed Shit, that question pressure's but, on yeah yeah so crush it but this was a question i and i remember hearing it going i i want to remember that question if i ever have to ask somebody questions for any reason whatsoever so here's the question the question is what is the biggest misconception people would have about you? And then what is the truth?
1: Hmm. <laughs> I actually don't really have to think about that. I know. Uh, very interesting. I actually, a bar that I used to work at, uh, again, for some reason, people just never like me. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. And all of the girls there, like I worked there for two and a half years and they all Like hated me. I don't know why. Like, I mean, I still hung out with some of them. And there was periods of time when I worked there where I felt like, okay, I've got a friendship with this girl at the bar or this girl, and it was okay. But it was really put into perspective for me when a good friend of mine, Jenny, started working at the bar. And she is just the most bubbly, smiley, kind human being you'll ever meet. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) she and I were talking actually recently, and I had no idea she had done this until now, because this was years ago. And she told me that she actually went to all of the girls, or like a group of the girls that were at that bar, and asked them, Why don't you like Quinn? Because they were all just so mean to me all the time. And she didn't get it. She couldn't understand because she was like, You're so nice. I don't get why everyone's so mean to you. And I was like, honored, honestly, that she would go and ask these people that question. Mm -hmm. I was shocked. And they told her it was because I was stuck up. And I was like, what? I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like the least stuck up person ever. I literally my life goal is like to help people and just be kind. So it just baffled me. I was like, what? That was their answer? I'm stuck up. And it just blew my mind that they would say that and chatting with Jenny, we kind of came to the conclusion that it was my confidence and that it's very intimidating um, and that maybe they're just all so intimidated with me that they've got to blame it on something. So they've created this narrative that, oh, well, Quinn's stuck up. But it's really just my confidence is a bit overwhelming, I think, for people sometimes.
0: Makes them uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Good answer. That was a really good answer. It is fascinating. <laughs> you passed. Uh, yes, I got the job. You got the job. Congratulations. You start Monday. Uh, <laughs> It's, uh, I don't know what the job is, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> um, but uh, it is really interesting when you hear other people's perception of who you are or what mm. they thought about you before they met you. Yeah. And they go like, oh, I thought you were this person. And now that yeah. I've met you, like, you're actually not. But I'm like, wow, that's going around? Like, right? that That thing that you originally thought is like a thing that people think? Like, yeah, I, I actually thought it. I thought for sure. And I'm like, yeah, it is baffling sometimes when you find out what people actually think.
1: Yeah, I feel like, too, people are always just looking like looking for a chance. You just want to be given a chance in life. And I I mean, I feel like everyone feels that you just want a chance to show people. It's like, this is who I am. And this is what I want out of life. And this is what I'm trying to do. And it's like, that's why I put myself out there on social media now. And that's why I started my podcast as well. Like just one of the numerous reasons, you know, it's because I kind of felt like, you know what, if I, I keep telling myself that all of these people have these bad beliefs about me or don't like me, then that's the only narrative they're ever going to know. But if I put my own story out there on social media and I start talking about it, I'm going to show people what I want them to know about me. Right. And it's like, well, you know what? If I put myself on social media and on a show and start talking about, you know what? I'm a positive person and I really want to help people. And I want to make connect work, uh, connect connections and network. Connect, connect. that's connect a new word. Yeah. I like that wow. word. Connect. Connect. <laughs> I how to talk today. <laughs> um, right. But yeah, if I'd make those connections and just start telling people my narrative of my life and you know, treat yourself like you're the main character of your life again. Right. You can direct the story. You can direct your life. Yep. And you can change people's narrative of you.
0: Yeah, definitely. You kind of you drive the car again, right? Like you're not just in the passenger seat. You're actually like, no, I'm steering this thing. Yeah. I, it's interesting philosophy too. Your experience at the bar. I often I've talked to people about this, men and women, and I went and I, I asked the question of, do you think? Like I've played sports and stuff, like with different, you know, going up through university and my youth and as a, you know, as an adult. And I always felt like men in general tend to let another guy enter the group fairly easily. Like Mm -hmm. there's not a lot that they have to do, like just be nice enough. And it's like, okay, we're going to, you're part of this now to a certain degree. But I, sometimes I've, and I've witnessed this, I've witnessed a group of women numerous times, make it really hard for another woman to be part of that group. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where that comes from. And I, I, some people have said, yes, they agree. Other people are like, no, I don't think that's actually accurate. And I'm like, I don't know. I've just seen it a number of times. I'm not saying it's 100% accurate. I think Mm anything has got, there's lots of exceptions to rules. And I'm like, I don't know what, why I've witnessed that. Now am I just looking for Like I have, I'm actually looking for that now, like cognitively. But, Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't know where that comes from in the times that I've witnessed it. Like why, why is it so hard to crack that circle when all of you were that person at one point?
1: Yeah. It's interesting that you say that. I I definitely agree, and I think it's a problem. Uh, the one thing that I find interesting—it's not specific to women—but success in general, I feel like everyone's always like, "Oh, well, if I help that person with their project or whatever they're trying to succeed in, that's going to affect my success in a negative way." Right. Right. And it's people are constantly thinking like, no, 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 no. I have to do only th- good things for myself. I can't help you because then I'm not going to be as successful. Right. And it's like, no, that's so not true. The yeah. more you help others, the more it's like going to be easier to build each other up. And it's like, I'm, I truly think you kind of need a team in life. You Definitely. Know? Like, I'm really lucky to have Jill and Paul. And we're kind of this great little team. And we just started with a little... Project and now it's huge, and that just goes to show. It's like if I didn't try to support that, then I would never be in a film. I wouldn't have done all the amazing things that I've done this year. And I think with women, it's almost the same thing. It's (laughs) if you look at your friend and you're like, oh well, I don't want to help her curl her hair to go out tonight because then she might look better than me. Yeah, you know. But it's like, no, you're going to have 10 times better night if you both do your hair together and you glam each other up because then you're going to have that positive vibe. And again, you build off each other's vibes and it's always going to be a better experience overall. I think it's just a hurdle for women to get to that point of recognizing that building another girl up is actually going to help you build yourself up as well
0: yeah having that trust. confidence you know yeah and the trust yeah yeah for sure
1: (laughs) it's trusting that you're not gonna have a crappy night you know yeah
0: well again yeah it manifests itself in such small ways you know Mm -hmm. it's it's crazy well this is awesome thanks so much for doing this it was fun i learned a ton (laughs) and uh enjoy the rest of the summer
1: yeah you as well
0: Yeah, so that was uh, my guest, Quinn Teachmas. So good. Such a great conversation. I hope you enjoyed uh, enjoyed that one, and check out that film if you can. Um, as I said, it's kind of blowing up right now, and and it's got legs, shall we say. It's going to be uh, hanging around for a while, which is a fantastic thing to see an independent film um, just kind of keep sprouting and, and finding new avenues to, to get out there in the world. So check it out if you can um yeah that's it for this episode again i hope you're well i hope you're safe I hope you're taking care of yourself being kind to you being kind to other people um my guest next week is my uh my good friend comedian mr nathan mcintosh who's living down in new york city so i talk to him and catch up i haven't spoke to him in years so um this is another kind of uh one of those setups where it's kind of two buddies just catch it up and and um And talking junk, shall we say. But uh, it was really great to catch up with him as well. So anyway, have a fantastic week. Have a fantastic weekend. And um, I'll catch you next time on the Generators Podcast. Thanks again for listening.